Okay, continuing in our uh, day of uh, Lander College for Men, in the Zarkatab Rashashiva earlier today and uh, this evening we had the Mashkiach. I often uh, mention that there were so many things that I gained out of my uh, three years in the, in the yeshiva, um, but uh, few are more valuable uh, than, uh, than the relationship that I was Zilcha to build together with uh, Rav Moshe Bamberger, Shlita, the Mashkiach, um, who has, you know, Baruch Hashem, we've been Zilcha a few times in North Woodmere for Shabbos, and uh, you get to see he has a unique ability not only to connect to Talmidim, but to connect to Balabatim. And I was thinking about, like, what the resonance of... Uh, of his messages and his Torah is like what 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 he hits on that makes it so so real and so impactful for people and I think that there are a couple of nefigos that really uh, that 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 he, he, he that that are unique. Uh, one is that um, everything, all, all the musr, all the shmuzin, are very strongly grounded in a mahalich in Torah. Meaning, it's not just bapi over that kind of musr. It's it's something that uh, that there's a, there's real chachma thoughtfulness and, and a mahalik learning that's uh, that's behind everything and uh, you know that's certainly part of the hashkafa that to be a talmud chacham is the basis for uh, for everything but also the ability to understand people to understand uh, the challenges that people have and to uh, practically uh, gently nudge us a little past our comfort zone, not so much past our comfort zone that we can't, that we can't even be masig, but not to let us be complacent, to push us a little bit uh, past our comfort zone. And I'm so excited that he takes the time, and I just really, again, want to thank him for uh, coming, especially late at night. These roads are not fun to drive on late at night, and uh, to, come, uh, to co- come and share his story with us, we're very excited to start the book. It's always a, a very big supposed to be anywhere that Rabbi Leibowitz is, that's where I want to be. If it's in North Woodner, if it's in Camp Cayley, uh, wherever it is, Rabbi Leibowitz is Shmai Hayoch Lefanov. I don't have to speak about his mailas here because everybody obviously knows them, but um, you know, just such a semel of a Talmud Chacham Amiti. And a paisik, and a and a and a wonderful human being with all the midas and chaynes all wrapped up in one package. I don't think there's uh, such a thing uh, in the world like Rabbi Leibowitz. So um, it's a big schuss always to uh, uh, to be here specifically. It's a it's a highlight of my summer. I think I've been doing it for a couple of years now, and uh, and and you feel the ruach of Tyra in uh, and the kedusha in this room. And the Mitzvah Hashem should be zayicha to continue having hatzlacha with talmidim of all ages, and uh, and Mitzvah Hashem faratzda Mitzvah Hashem next year you'll have more talmidim and more bigger base matters and uh, and more Paris in, in Tyre. So we're holding in the in the Bein Hamitzarim period in the three weeks between Shavasa B'Tamas and Tishabav. And these are weeks that are miyuchad for bechias. This is a time for crying and for avelus. And 
of course, the Messira of, of tears goes back to the onset of the Chor Mesamikdash, which began, of course, with Meraglim. The Meraglim came and they uh, reported a terrible report about Eretz Yisrael, and Klai Yisrael started crying. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Atem Bechisem Bechiyashalchinam, you're crying tears in vain, free tears, Bechiyashalchinam, Ani Ekvalucha Bechiyaladayris, because you chose unwisely to cry for something that you shouldn't be crying about. These are not tears that are justified. These are tears that should never have happened because you should have be talking in me that I'm going to take you into Israel. I'm going to vanquish the enemies. You're going to have nothing to fear. But instead you cried. So I'm going to be kaveya for you of a chiyah And every Tisha B'Av we cry. And historically Tisha B'Av has been a day that has been marred and scarred by terrible, terrible atrocities in Klai Yisrael. I think Rabbi Dessler writes in his Sefer that if all of the enemies of Klai Yisrael would know how much Amunah and Bitachan they're giving us by Pidafka creating these terrible events on Tisha B'Av, whether it's the Spanish expulsion that took place on Tisha B'Av, besides for the Churban Bayesrish and Churban Bayesheni, I think there was an expulsion from England, there was an expulsion of the, the Spanish expulsion, World War I started on, on Tisha B'Av, and World War II was a, uh, a direct uh, result of World War I. Many, many events throughout history took place on Tisha B'Av. I remember uh, the expulsion from Gush Katif. I remember it was also, I think, uh, right around Tisha B'Av, like a day or two off. And terrible things always happen on Tisha B'Av, and Rav Dessler says that it, it should instill in us emunah, bitachan, like, look, HaKadosh Baruch is running the world. Even every single bad event, practically throughout history, is always taking place around this time in the Bein HaMitzarim period. That itself is showing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Ashtacha Pratis over Klai Yisrael. Atem b'chisem ani lachem You're going to have a b'chiyah all because of the b'chiyah that we started with on Tisha B'av. And if you look in Megillus Eicha, right at the beginning, it says, that you're going to have a Bechiyah at night. And if you look in the Medrash, the Medrash is bothered by the double Lashen of Bechay Tivke. Amr of Evai, Laila Meshech Imakina. At night, there's something about night that extends Kina, that if one person is crying, it makes another person cry. It, there's something about the thickness of the evening, of night, that it's almost a contagious type of cry, that if I cry and you hear me cry, then it will inspire you to cry. Bachai Tivke. And then the Medrash brings. There was a woman who was in the neighborhood of Rabbi Gamliel, and she had a bent hashchayres. The Mepharshim say that this is, she had a very hush of a son, an extraordinary young man, umes, and he died. And every night, this poor woman who lost 
her son, she was bereft of her beloved Chashavah son, she was crying. Rabbi Gamliel heard her voice, he heard her tears at night. And he immediately remembered the Chorban Bayis, and he would cry along with her. Until his eyelids, his eyelashes started falling out because of the, the multitude, the, uh, the, there was, his tears were so great and so heavy that it ripped out the, the lashes from his eyes. And the Medrash concludes, the Talmidim understood that this is what was happening, that every night this poor woman was crying, Rabbi Gamliel heard her cry, and he also started crying over the Churban Beis HaMikdash. And Amdu Panu Aysa they relocated her. It wasn't a good arrangement anymore. The Talmidim of Rabbi Gamliel, they had her moved elsewhere because they understood, the Talmidim, that this was not healthy for their Rebbe to constantly have to hear every night, that she would cry and he would cry in response. Rav Gifter, used to say, in explaining this medrash about the tears of Rav Gamliel, he says that the reason why he was crying over the Chum Mikdash is because every tsara that happens in the world is because we don't have the Beis HaMikdash. If we would have the Beis HaMikdash, and we would have, as Rav Gifter puts it, When Mashiach comes, some people, just this Shabbos, I had a, there was a woman sitting by my Shabbos table who went through a lot of tsaras and you know, and she says, what's going to happen when Mashiach comes? I said, when Mashiach comes, all the tsarists that you had, it's going to be gone. HaKim Shvaruch is going to be Masaki in the world, that there won't be tsarists. The reason why we have tsarists today is because we don't have a Beis HaMikdash. If we'd have a Beis HaMikdash and the world would, at, would be at the stage of completion, HaKim Shvaruch would be fixing up all of the things that are broken in the world, would be all good. We wouldn't have tsarists. But until that happens, we have tsara after tsara after tsara. And Rabbi Gamliel, said Rabbi Gifter, understood when he heard the tears of this woman who lost her son, he understood that this is a, a consequence of the Churim Beis HaMikdash. And so when she cried, when she had her bacha, he had his tifke. But she was crying for her son. But he was crying for the underlying reason for the tsara of her son, which was the Beis HaMikdash. If the Beis HaMikdash would be around, she wouldn't have lost her son. Because the Beis HaMikdash is not around, so that's why she lost her son. All of those tears came because of the fact that we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, we don't have L'sakin Olam, the mouth L'shakai, we have not reached that stage yet in the world. And Mirza Hashem, we will. But until that happens, we are in a perpetual state of Chorban, and so when Rabbi Gamliel heard the tears of this woman, it immediately prompted him to be Miss Abel over the Yerushalayim. I wanted to suggest another shot, perhaps, 
in Bachay Tivke, the Snabal Lashon of Bachay Tivke, other than the Medrash, the Medrash, of course, says that it's Meishech Imay Bechiyas at night, Balayla, it's Bachay Tivke. One person cries, another person hears those cries, and they, too, begin to cry. I think perhaps another pshat in Bachay Tivke is that many times in life, we cry. We cry over personal issues. We cry over problems that we might have. We cry over issues that we might encounter in life, sickness, social issues, financial issues. There is no shortage, as we know, of problems that people have. And many times people are prompted, people cry over their problems. Sometimes it's just a simple matter of somebody wasn't nice to me and it makes me cry. Sometimes you hear a a sad song and it makes you cry. What happens when you cry? When you cry over a a tzara of any sort, that's a great opportunity. Whatever you're crying over, don't let those tears be in vain. Bachai, if you're crying, tivke balayla. Cry over the churm mesamiktash. If you have an opportunity that you have tears coming out of your eyes, don't waste those tears. But make sure that you utilize those tears for the Rabbi Shalom. You think about the Rabbi Shalom. You think about the tsaras that Klai Yisrael has. You think about the, the tsar that the Shechina has, that the Shechinta is Begalusa, that the Shechina is not in its proper place. Cry for the Rabbi Shalom. Cry for the Churim Beis HaMikdash. It's not easy to, to muster tears over the Beis HaMikdash on a regular day. It's hard. But if we're crying anyway for other reasons, capitalize on that. Take advantage of that and cry for the Beis HaMikdash. Rebbe Gamliel heard the tears of this woman, and he was crying for this woman. He wasn't necessarily crying for the Beis HaMikdash immediately. He was crying because he had a heart. And he heard this poor woman who was agonizing over the loss of her son that she missed so dearly. Rabbi Gamliel didn't automatically, you know, say, okay, Chor Mesa Mikdash. Rabbi Gamliel was thinking about his own, her tsaris, and she, he was commiserating with her tsaris. And then the next step was, but if I'm crying for her, let me already use those tears as well for the Chor Mesa Mikdash. And there's a story that's told about the Bach, and the Bach was not Zeicha to put out his Sefer right away, his Pirish on the tour. It took many, many years until he finally was Zeicha to publish them. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes, you know, you don't have the opportunity to publish. For some reason, it just doesn't go. Either you can't get the money together, or you, don't, you, know, you can't get the, the, find the time to, to put your thoughts to paper, or whatever it is. The Bach had his manuscript ready to go, but for some reason he wasn't able to get it published. One, one thing led to another. He was never able to successfully publish his phenomenal uh, Purish. And the reason that he wasn't is because in Shemaim there was a big tain on him that he didn't say Tikkun Chatzais. Tikkun Chatzais is, is a midnight... Um, 
a midnight kinna that you that it's found in some sidurim. I once had a cousin who was niftaris, but she was always coming to me because I put out some books with arts girls. So she said, you have to contact the, the publisher of Arts Girl. Why in, their, in the Arts Girl Center do they not have the Tikkun Chatzais? She was very into Tikkun Chatzais. And it's, 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 it's strange that they don't have it in there, but it fell out of, you know, if it was popular, they, it would be there. Obviously, a lot of people are not saying Tikkun Chatzais every night. And, but there are a lot of Yidin in the world, a lot of holy Jews that do get up at Chatzais, or they're up anyway, and they cry for the Chur Mesa Mikdash, but the, the Bach never did this. And there was a tiny Shemayim that he didn't, that he wasn't misabel over, over the Shekhinah and over Yerushalayim every single night. And one time he started crying about the fact that he wasn't able to publish his, his Sefer. And then once he was crying, he thought to himself, wait a minute, maybe I should be crying about the, the tsar of the Shekhinah. Forget about my tsar. Let me put my tsar on the back burner and let me start crying for the Shekhinah. And as soon as he did that, in Shemayim there was a rash, there was a great tumul in Shemayim, and they granted him then the ability to publish a sefer, the Megala Mukais got a signal from Shemayim, the Megala Mukais was the one that, that took the ball and ran with it, and he arranged the entire Bach's peerage to be published. But that's exactly what we're saying. Sometimes you, when you're crying over your own personal issues, which are very valid issues, and it's good to cry. Crying is not a non-manly thing. Crying is very manly. Crying is it's being in touch with your emotions and being in touch with, with who you are. It's rare that we get to that, the feeling of crying. Crying is a wonderful thing, if it's done, obviously, in a healthy way. But when you're crying, and you're crying for valid reasons, if you're crying, make sure to be about the Chorm Beis HaMikdash. Use those tears. And if you use those tears at that moment, and you're able to change those tears into Bechies for the Shechina, for Yerushalayim, that's a tremendously high madrega. They say a story about Rebarach Ber. Rebarach Ber once was, when he was a young child, his father was upset with him for some reason, you know, which it's the, whenever I say over these types of stories, I like, what could Rebarachbar have done wrong already? Rebarachbar was, I'm sure Rebarachbar, whatever we think he did wrong, it was, it was nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. But for whatever reason, his father got upset at him. I don't know if he gave him a patch, or he didn't give him a patch, but Rebarachbar took it, and he went into his room. And his father was curious, like, what happened to Rebarachbar? So he, a couple of minutes later, he went into his room, and he saw that he was davening Mincha. So after he was finished with Mincha, his father says, you know, what were you doing? What, what happened? I gave you a patch, and then I see, he says, listen, Tati. He says, I was crying from your patch. He says, and I figured, if I'm crying from your patch, let me already transform those tears into a, into a tefillah. Let me cry for the Rabbi Nishayim. Let me cry with the Rabbi Nishayim. Let me use it to my, you know, to my advantage, at least. I'm crying anyway, let me use it for ruchniyistic a purpose. Let me try to channel that into tears of, of closeness to Rabbi It's rare to find tears. Tears are a very priceless, it's a, it's a precious commodity, tears. So 
it's not easy on a given. I can't start snapping my finger and all of a sudden crying over the base of But when I do find myself crying over, over anything, let me think for a second and try to elevate those tears into something very powerful in the, in the world. And that's tears for the Shrina, tears for, for Yerushalayim. I once saw an amazing story. I think it was from Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein. Most of the amazing stories come from him. He has, like, I don't know... Well, he has the greatest shyness that, that are asked to him, and he also has the greatest stories. Um, so I think it's from him that there was a, there was a, a an old woman who was Nefteris, and she left at Sabah. She left. A, she was a wealthy woman, and she left money over for her kids, and then she left over money for her grandchildren in the will. And all the grandchildren got a certain amount of money. Let's say they each got five thousand dollars. There was one granddaughter that got $25,000. And, and she says exactly in the will why this granddaughter gets much more than the, other, than the other grandchildren. She says one time, it was I think on a Shabbos, and all the grandchildren were like sitting around me, and they asked me, Bobby, tell the story of you know, your experiences during the war. And I told them the harrowing stories about when I was in Treblinka, I was in uh, Auschwitz, I was in Birkenau, I was in all the camps, and I was telling the Kinderlach, I was telling my grandchildren, you know, all the things that I have to go through, and the, the tsaris, and the, and, and the danger, and the tsar, and the, and, and the famine, and the, the plague, everything that I was going through, and everybody was sitting there spellbound by my story. But there was only one grandchild that was actually crying. Those tears, that's what I rewarded her for. That extra $20,000, because she was actually the person that was able to bring tears to herself, thinking about my, my situation. Tears are very, very valuable. Tears are extremely precious. But we can't just bring tears up. It's not, that doesn't go. But when you do have tears, when you're crying about something... <laughs> then make it deeper. Make those tears, use those tears to your advantage, whether it's during the three weeks when it's really, really valuable, or it's around the year, the is for the whole year. Whenever you're, you're, you're moved to tears about whatever it is, doesn't matter. Try to think at that moment, I want to use these tears preciously. I want to try to make them elevated and bring a about more Kavad Hashina through these tears. Get closer to the Rabbi through these tears. Bachay Tifka, there's a double, there's a chain reaction. The chain reaction is that if you cry, Bachay Tifka, then use those, take it the, step, the next step, and utilize those tears in order to elevate your Kvay I think that that's the Pshat, perhaps in the famous encounter between Yosef and Binyamin when they, when they met and they were embracing and Binyamin was crying on the, on the necks of, of Yosef and Yosef on the necks of Binyamin and we know the famous drasha that they're crying over the Chorban Beis HaMikdash in each, each, in, in each other's chilek that Mishkan Shiloi that was Nechrav and the Beis HaMikdash that was Nechrav and the obvious question is, why does Chazal have to take out Mikshutah Shal Mikra? I mean, these are brothers. 
the biological brothers, they wanted, they finally got, they, they, they finally had this encounter with each other, and they were, they were moved to tears. Why do we have to make it into a Chor Mesamikdash story? And I think that, you're right, it started off with just that natural human emotional response when you're encountering somebody that you love for the first time and you're, you're moved to tears. But it was a Bachay Tivke. They didn't stop with that. It started with that. It started with as a human reaction of brotherly love. But Chazal is telling us, in this Medrash, I think, that Bachay Tivke, that it's Meshech Imay, Bechiyais. If you start crying over one thing, if it's a personal tsar, if it's a personal tsara that the Bechiyas are from, that's good. But Tivke, make sure to take it to the next level every time you cry. Make sure to channel those tears into tears for the Chor Mesa Mikdash. That's one level of what a person can do with Bechiyas. But there's a higher level even. And that's the level of Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu doesn't say in the passage that he cried when he encountered Yosef. Yosef cried on his, on his shoulder. But Yaakov Avinu, it says that he, it doesn't say that. And Chazal tell us that he was being carried Kriyashma. He was saying Kriyashma. And all the Mepharshim wonder, like, why now? And if it was Zman Kriyashma, then why wasn't Yosef also saying Kriyashma? And the Maral says an amazing thing. The Maral says in the Boreariye that this is the human, this is what a tzaddik does. What a tzaddik does when he's able to have tremendous ava. Yaakov Avinu had tremendous ava for, for Yosef at that moment in time. And really, he wanted to embrace Yosef. He wanted to give everything that a human being would want to give to his son at such a moment, at such a reconnection. But instead, he channeled it into Kriyashma. He was Makabo Omachashamayim. He was able to take those tears and bring it higher, not just to Abachia, but to Avas Hashem, to bring your tears to a place that you're singing a hallow to the Rabbi and that you're, you're being that's a higher madrega even than, than crying for the Beis HaMikdash is singing shira to the Rabbi Shalom. in spite of the tzara that you're having whatever the personal tzara is take those tears and make them into tears of hallow There's a great Hasidish Rebbe, his name was Rameir Miparmishlan, and he once went to a certain city for a Shabbos, and he stayed by a certain Gevir. The Gevir's name was Rab Shimon, and at this house, Rab Shimon served him challah, Friday night, and as Rab Rameir was eating this challah, he said, I have to find out what the source of this challah is. What, there's something very, very special about this challah. I never had challah like this. I, I sense the taste of Gan Eden in this challah. So, Rav Shimon says proudly, my wife baked this challah. He says, okay, then I have to speak to your wife. Something about this, there's a story behind this challah. 
Okay? So he calls his wife in, says, uh, you know, you made this challah? She says, honestly, no. Today, I normally make the challah. This Arab Shabbos, as I was about to make the challah, there was a knock on the door, and there was a, a Yisayma, an orphan girl, who needed some extra money, and she asked if she could help around the kitchen this Arab Shabbos to make a few extra dollars for, you know, to help out at home. Her mother died recently, and a big tsara in the family, and she needed, so I, I had Rachmanis on her, so I invited her into the kitchen, I said, you know what, you can knead out the challah. So, Rameir says, I want to speak to this girl. Is she still around? She says, yeah, she's around, she didn't, she didn't go home yet, she's still here. So she, he brought her in, and he said, tell me the story about this challah, what happened here? So she said that as she was kneading out the challah, she was remembering her mother. And her mother always, you know, helped out, and she, she would, used to work in the matzah bakery. And she would be at her side while she was kneading out the, the dough in the matzah bakery. And the minig in the matzah bakery was that, and that as they would knead the dough in Erev Pesach, they would sing hallow. And so she says, I was... I was crying as I was kneading out the dough of the challah, thinking about my mother kneading out the dough for the matzah. And then in the middle of my tears, I started singing hallow, like my mother used to sing hallow as she was kneading out the dough for the matzah. And her says, okay, now I understand everything. He says, there's so much tsaris in life. This is what he explained to the people. There, a lot of chassidim were around. He says, there's so many tsaris in life. A lot of tsaras, we all know there's no shortage of tsaras that we have in every country in the world, everywhere there, where there's yidden, there's plenty of tsaras. And it's very hard, life. Life is very hard for a lot of people. And people are crying. There are people that are so sad throughout the world. But when a person can take tears and transform them into hollow, transform those tears into a higher level of shira, of a shevach to the Rabbani Shalom, that's, a, that's an altogether, that's the time of Gan Eden. He says, the taste that I tasted in this challah was the taste of Gan Eden because these were tears that were transformed into challah. That's a higher madrega. That's bachay tivke. It's to cry but not just the Chor Meis HaMikdash when you're having your personal tsaras, but also to take it a step further and to say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know that I'm going through a tsara, but I want to give Shevach to you. I know that whatever is happening right now is for the best. I know that it's going to have a happy ending. I know that there's a reason for everything. And when you're able to take those tears and elevate them like Yaakov Avinu and say Kriyashma with them, to catapult them to the Rabbeinu Shalom and say, I'm giving you the Rabbeinu Shalom my tears, and I'm singing howl with those tears, that's the highest madriga that he could reach. <clears throat> I know that you're learning about Birgis Kehanim this summer. And I'm sure you learned the Gemara in Megillah and Chavzayim Avez, that 
that they asked the Lazar ben Shamua, the Lazar ben Shamua was a Kayin, and they asked him, we know these Gemaras appear in a few places in Shas, how are you Zaycha Tarichas Yamin? The Lazar ben Shamua gave three reasons why, and one of the reasons that he gave was the reason why it was Zaycha Tarichas Yamin was. I never duchen, Pashas, I was never nice kapayim, I never duchen without making a bracha. Makayin Rashi brings the whole, Rashi brings the Gemara and Saita, that the bracha of, of, um, of Birkos Kehanim. And I never made that, I never duchen without making a bracha. Very strange Gemara. I mean, obviously, if he's a kain, he's going to make the bracha. You know, so the Ritva says a pshat, the Marsha says a pshat. But I saw recently from Adam Gadol the following pshat, a beautiful pshat, that it doesn't mean literally that nasasi kapi bracha that I duchen. Nasasi kapi means I never lifted a hand. Nothing that I did in my life, every time I lifted my hand, even to take a drink, whatever it is that I did in life, it was always with a bracha. I always said Baruch Hashem. I didn't take advantage, I didn't take for granted anything. Every little thing that the Rabbi Shalom gave me, I appreciated. I said, thank you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when a person is able to do that, a person uplifts everything in their life. We're so fortunate. We're so, we have so many brachas. And it's a matter of uh, appreciating the brachas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu cares. That's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu was granted because Arichas Yamim means that you understand what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is doing for you. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees that you get it, that you appreciate Him, He's going to give you more and more. It's sort of like... Uh, or Shkup writes in the Hakdama to the Shari Yesher, he says a, a famous line, he says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu tests people. And when a person, let's say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us money, and then we use the money well, we give tzedakah, and we do good things with our money, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, oh, he's a good gizbar, he knows what, he, he knows what to do with my money. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to do what with him? He's going to give him more money because he sees that he can entrust him with, with such things. The person, let's say, has money and he doesn't give tzedakah, he doesn't you know, do good things with it, he just uses it for himself. HaKash Baruch says, why would I give it to him? I'll give it to somebody else. And the same is true with life. If you use your life appropriately and you appreciate every little thing HaKash Baruch gives you, that every time you lift a hand, every time you nice kapayim, you say... A bracha, you say thank you, Akadosh Baruch Hu, for this. Then Akadosh Baruch Hu will give you more and more light because you get it. And so, when a person is able to have a tear, a tear which is such a precious, precious commodity, then Akadosh Baruch Hu, and then you take those tears and you are bachay tivke. You don't waste them, but rather you use them to elevate yourself to think about the Beis HaMikdash, to think about the Tzara Shechina, 
And then to take it even a step further and to say, I'm singing hallel to you through these tears. I appreciate everything that you do. What don't you do for me? Everything that you do is so good. That's the ultimate sign of a yid. And to that person, I can ashbarach will give every chasyamim. Bachay tivke. Bachay tivke. Never waste a tear. Klai Yisrael wasted tears. It was a b'chiyah shalchinam. And because of that, we have tishabab. It's a b'chiyah l'dayres. And every time we have a b'chiyah, whether it's a b'chiyah shalchinam or a b'chiyah that's, that's really justified, but it's not, let's say, a, 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 a b'chiyah on chor mesa mikdash. It's a personal b'chiyah. Don't let it stay in the realm of a rishos. Take it higher. Use those tears. Allow those tears to flow and to, and to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that I appreciate whatever you're doing for me. Everything that you're giving me is so good. And it's sad. It doesn't mean to say that you have to always be happy and everything's amazing. You can have moments that you're sad. You can have moments that you cry. That's also good. It's very good to cry. And it's good to cry to the Rabbi Shalom. But at the same time, say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when you are crying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm crying things are not going so well for me, I'm sad about this, I need this, I wish you could send me a Yishua year and there, but in the meantime, I know right now, as my tears are flowing, that everything is for the best. That every little thing that you're giving me, every Nisayan that I'm undergoing, that I'm going through, is going to be making me stronger, bringing me closer to you, and that's a, that's a tremendous, tremendous thing. When a person is able to, to transform an ordinary sadness, an ordinary experience of bechia, and to change it and to elevate it, to make it higher. These are, these are days of, uh, of great korban. But I think Klai Yisrael has always shown that we take crisis and we make it into into opportunities to grow. This has always been the experience. There's a famous legend, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but Napoleon was walking once on Tishabov and through the streets of Paris, and he went into a shul, and he saw that everybody was sitting on the ground and crying, and they, he said, what's so sad? What, what are the Jews so upset about? They said, well, they're crying over uh, the destruction of their holy temple. So when did that happen? I didn't hear about that. I didn't read about that in the paper. Which temple are we talking about? No, no, this is a temple, you know, 1,800 years ago, the Jews had a temple in Jerusalem and it burned down. And supposedly Napoleon says, if, it, if Jews are able to cry over a temple that was destroyed 1,800 years ago and they're still able to muster tears for that, then they will soon be able to see a redemption, a new temple being built, because it's still fresh by then. The Chorban is real by us. The Chorban is something that we all feel, or we should be feeling it. And when we're able to take that feeling of Chorban, but grow from it, and see how I'm able to, to, to take it to the next level, to get closer to the Rabbi Islam, to thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to appreciate everything, then that's something that will be real. And that's going to sow the seeds from Mashiach and Mitzvah And just like we said before, Rabbi Gamliel, 
because of his tears, he was able to to, to become the, the great Rebbe Gamliel. His tears transformed him into Rebbe Gamliel. That's how, Mirza Hashem, we should all be able to be transformed every time we experience any sort of tragedy, any sort of sadness, to be able to understand that the Churban Beis HaMikdash is the reason for it, and we're crying for the Churban, and we're crying for the Tzar Ashkina, and Mirza Hashem, that will be the uh, the way that we will be zaycha once again to the Abinion based Hamikdash, the Bayashlishi, Mehir Biyamin. Thank you very much.